Mike Tyson made $400 million, almost half a billion dollars, and within a few years, lost it all. Michael Jackson, lost it all. Comedian Dane Cook had tens of millions of dollars stolen from him. If you own a business or you're thinking about starting a business, what I'm about to talk about is absolutely critical. I read The Art of War by Sun Tzu today. It's one of the most famous business books. And Sun Tzu says, he says, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. He says, if you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. And he says, if you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will lose in every battle. When I work, uh, do consulting, and uh, teach in entrepreneurial classes, I see basically 90% of people are either level 2 or level 3. And this lines up with statistics. Michael Gerber, he says, you know, in the first year, something like 20, 30% of people who start business close down within the first 6 to 12 months, right? Now, Sun Tzu, he says, because that's they're operating on level 3. That's generally what happens. It means they didn't know what they were good at, and they didn't understand the competition. That's level three. It's almost guaranteed to put you out of business. I hope if you're listening to this, you are not in that place. But 20 30% of you listening probably are. Then the next largest amount are people that know what they are good at, but they forget that you're in a competitive world. And that's why Michael Gerber says, Within five years, 70% of people who start a business will be out of business because they, even though they're like Mike Tyson knew how to box and he knew he was the best boxer in the world and Michael Jackson knew he was the best singer, but they forgot about forces outside of themselves. They forgot that other forces were at work in the economy. And that's why if you're not careful, you'll be part of that 70%. And what Sun Tzu says is that's the worst kind because you go forward and then you go back and there's nothing worse than having $400 million and then losing it. I've had businesses where you make a million dollars and then you lose it because you make a mistake. And generally that mistake, Sun Tzu Sting, is not knowing the competition. You should know your competitors, the CEO's shoe size. <laughs> that sounds crazy, right? You should know the shoe size. You should know where they live. You should know their story. You should know how much money they have in the bank account. You should know where they advertise, who their key employees are, what struggles they've overcome. You should know everything. I'm getting ready to start a magazine, and I always take three to six months to just do my competitive research. I've been listening to every YouTube video, watching every uh, you know movie, looking at books, magazines, anything related to starting a magazine. I've been following Rupert Murdoch. I've been following Hugh Hefner, Felix Dennis, anybody who's been successful in print. Even if it's not exactly what I'm doing, I want to know. Richard Branson started in the magazine business. You must know. Now, the greatest businessman of all time, Sam Walton, he followed this. This was almost the biggest key to success. Of course, he built on a strength. He knew he was, you know, good at retail and he had a good eye. He worked at JCPenney out of call, out of high school and college. So he liked that. He liked selling stuff. But his real advantage was he says, I have been in more of my competitors stores than any person on the planet. You know, it's a funny story. He, um, was already a billionaire. All right. And he went down to Brazil and while he was in Brazil, 
studying, you know, he was, he's kind of on vacation, but he got arrested. Why? The police found him crawling around on the floors of a, of a store measuring the aisles and they thought he was some crazy guy and you know he had to get bailed out of this billionaire had to get bailed out of a brazilian jail jail but he was obsessed with knowing the competitor his wife sam wallen's wife said back in 1945 when they started their first little store it was before walmart that she he spent more time across the street in the competitor's store than in his own that's why I often say you don't want to be the first one in a business. People go, hey, Ty, I got this new business. No one's ever done it before. I'm like, well, that sucks because you don't have anything to study, right? You must be able to study. That's why the third business often does the best. Think about it. Friendster was the first social network back in 2000, 2001, right? You got this social network. The guy made like it was worth, he was offered, I think, 50, 30, 50 million dollars, something like that. He turned it down, and I read that a few years later he almost committed suicide because it was worth zero because guess what happened? A couple kids. I actually know them here in L.A. They started a little site called MySpace. They built – they studied what Friendster did, and they made it a little better. They studied the competition. They knew their enemy, and they made it better, and they grew that to a phenomenon. Everybody was on MySpace. became worth $500 million, but guess what happened? There was a third guy who was not only operating from strength – Mark Zuckerberg knew what he was good at. He was good at computers. He was good at analysis. He was a smart kid. He built around that, but he also looked at his competitor and knew MySpace as well as they knew themselves, and he also knew the weakness of MySpace, which was there's no privacy, right? You could just get 10,000 friend requests, and girls would get bombarded by strange guys writing them, so he said, I'm going to build around privacy. See, Mark Zuckerberg was a level one guy, according to Sun Tzu, The Art of War. He knew the enemy and he knew himself, and that's why he didn't have to fear the result of even a hundred battles, and that's why he made a hundred billion dollar company. Now, your ego will militate against this. Your ego will keep you. You know, I was uh I like to take Ubers, they're little taxis here in Hollywood. And I inevitably like to ask the driver, hey, what do you you know, what do you do before this? Have you always been driver? And it's amazing how many of these drivers go, man. I used to, uh, you know, I used to own a business. Then 2008 came around. The economy came. All my customers couldn't afford what I did anymore and disappeared. Well, remember, when I say know your competition, your competition is not always a thing. It's not always a company. It's not always a person. Think about the story of Michael Jackson or Dane Cook. They had trusted advisors, Dane Cook's brother. Michael Jackson, I think it was his brother or brother-in-law. Managing his money, his finances, people he trusted, key employees can oftentimes turn into the enemy. Dane Cook's brother stole, I think, $10, $20 million. He's in jail right now, prison right now for embezzlement. And Dane Cook luckily was able to, you know, he's been able to rise up from that. But, man, that was just like Sun Tzu said. For every battle you win, Dane Cook won. He was the number one competitor, uh, comedian in the world. But for every battle you win, you'll lose if you're not careful. So you must look within your organization too, within the people you trust the most, within your employees, your advisors. What if a key employee leaves? What if all your employees leave and start a business to compete with you? You must prepare, like Lao Tzu says, the other ancient philosopher. He says, prepare for what is difficult when it is easy. The military, they train Air Force fighter pilots while they're on the ground, before they're in the jet, going 2,000 miles an hour, before to make a plan for the worst case scenario. What happens if your jet engine breaks? You know, catches on fire. 
What happens if something malfunctions in the cockpit? What happens if your parachute gets stuck? Plan for what's difficult when it's easy. Because when you're going 2,000 miles an hour, you cannot plan. When your business is in full swing and you're going, remember what happened to Richard Branson? His business was going full bore. Everything was going great. And his banker called out of the blue and said, I don't know if you read our loan agreement, but we, I can call the loan at any time, and I've decided I want all my money back. And boy, that basically almost put Richard Branson out of business. And he's lucky enough to survive from it, but a lot of people aren't. It would have been better, and he admits, if he had contemplated that before. So do you have all your eggs in one basket with how you have your capital or your banking? Do you have all your eggs in one basket? I know so many people, oh, I'm advertising Facebook and Google, making all this money. Then all of a sudden, Facebook and Google, they wake up, they've shut them off. You're not allowed to advertise anymore. You don't want to go bankrupt. You don't want to lose a battle. Prepare for that today. What's your plan right now if uh, another company comes and starts competing with you, a good, smart company? What's your plan? Now, Peter Drucker, possibly the greatest business writer of our time. He talks about the other end of this. You must know your competition, but at the same time, you must also know what? You must know your strengths. Now, the problem is what Drucker says is most people think they know what they're good at. They are usually wrong, and yet a person can perform only from strength. One cannot build performance on weakness, let alone something one cannot do at all. So my question for you is, before you answer too quickly, are you currently in an area of business? Is your business in your strength? You'll only know by avoiding what I call American Idol Syndrome. You will only know by the feedback you get from other people, not from yourself. I think I'm a great singer in the shower, but you know what? If I stand up in front of Simon Cowell on American Idol or X Factor, he's going to shoot me down and say, Ty, you have a horrible voice. Why are you doing this? Right? So what have you been complimented on? This is what Drucker calls feedback analysis. Since you were 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, build a business around that. Tweak your business. Modify it to operate on your strength. You can't just know your competitors, although that is important. You must contemplate the worst-case scenario, the economy dropping, your key employee leaving. But you must also be in a business that's your strength. I was consulting with a guy, and he has this business where he's all behind the scenes, and I just asked him, what are you – what have people complimented you on? Not your mom or dad and friends because they're biased, but what did other people? And he's like, well, people always said I had a good smile. And I was thinking – well, why are you behind the scenes in your business? You should be you should be on camera, right? That's his strength. Tweak your business to be in your strength. Some of you, you'll need to shut down your business. It's not in the area of strength. You might be too opportunistic. I've talked about this before in the lottery mentality. Too many people read in the news, oh, the WhatsApp guy started a little app texting and made $19 billion in four or five years. I'm going to do an app. Well, don't do it because... That's very rare. What's very common is people who proceed from strength and stay in their strength long enough. Warren Buffett, seven years old, figured out he's good with crunchy numbers. He's stuck with crunchy numbers, analyzing numbers, and it made him a billionaire. Bill Gates figured out he was good with computers, stuck with it, figured out a way to make a billion dollars. The Zara girl, she started a fashion line. She started in fashion when she's 11 years old, 12 years old, stuck with it long enough. She died a billionaire. Oprah Winfrey, she was good. You know, it's funny. I was reading. She was actually fired from one news job because they said that she uh, was too emotional, couldn't separate her emotions from her reporting. She took that from what they perceived as a weakness and turned it into a strength.
made her TV show where she connected with people around the world emotionally. Whatever your strength is, figure it out. Just ask yourself, what have people said I was good at since five, six, seven years old? So this is a two-part conversation I'm having with you now. You must know the enemy better than they know themselves. And the enemy is not always a person. Sometimes it's the economy in general. What happens if the economy crashes? Are you priced competitively? Do you have loyal enough customers that they'll continue to come back if there's another recession like 2008 or another huge depression like the 1920s? Prepare for it today. Like John Wooden says, prepare for a rainy day because if you live on planet Earth, there's lots of rainy days. Charlie Munger says, my whole life, I've prepared for the worst. And it hasn't made him an unhappy pessimist. He says, no, I'm happier because of it. Because like Alan Nation says, the things you worry about don't happen to you. It's the things you don't think about, like Richard Branson. Forgot he was firing on all cylinders his business, making millions of dollars, but he forgot that he had his bank loan out. And that, like Achilles in mythology, your Achilles heel, you have armor on your whole body. Every month, I recommend you as a business owner or or a new business owner experience, take a few days, analyze your competition, contemplate, ask around, what's the weakest part of our business? Ask your employees, ask key people, you know, usertesting.com, it's a website. You can hire people to go on your website and give you critical uh, analysis. Say, oh, I can't use your website, your buttons, it's hard to use, hard to navigate. Also hire them to go on your competitor's website. Spend some time every month. Be like Sam Walton. You know, he got a little private airplane and flew from competitor store to competitor store. Every little place taking nuggets. Abraham Lincoln says, I've learned from everybody that I ever met. That's one of my secrets. But he said, oftentimes I learn not what not to do. And that's fine. Figure out the competitors that have failed. So that's that part one. Know your competitors, like Sun Tzu said. Know the enemy. But then secondly, don't forget. Your business must be built around your strength. Don't be opportunity, uh, opportunistically jumping into the next thing that you think you're going to make a lot of money in. doesn't work that way. That's the lottery ticket mentality. You need a sculpture. Find that thing that is your strength, little or small. Maybe it's your smile. Maybe it's you can make people laugh. Maybe it's how you connect emotionally with people. Maybe it's that you're good with numbers, good with math, good with sense of direction. You love to travel. Whatever that area is, find that one area and build on it like Drucker says, you cannot build on weakness. So I don't care. Even if you know your competition, you can know everything about your enemy and your competition. If you're in an area uh, that is your weakness, if you're not good with numbers and you're in a business that requires crunching a lot of numbers, you either better bring a partner in fast who is good at numbers. You can do that to compliment you or you better switch your business around. You better switch it. You know, it's five years old. People say, Ty, you're good at reading. So what you're listening to now is my book of the day. This is me building a business. You're watching in front of your eyes around something that I'm strengthening. There's an ancient proverb. It says, see him who is skilled in what he does. He will stand before kings and not before average people. You want to pick a business where you could be number one or two in the world at, even whether it be small or large. Our nation used to say, Ty, the beauty of a world of seven billion people is no matter what you are interested in, a million people will buy from you, even something weird and small. There's an interest. So don't chase. Figure out yourself. Like Socrates says, know thyself, man. The unexamined life is not worth living. Examine your life. Examine your business. 
Build it more and more around your strength. Tweak, modify, change, no matter how painful that might be, into your area of strength. And at the same time, keep your eye on the enemy, the competitor. Sun Tzu used to have spies. You can't use spies. You don't even need spies. You have Google now. You can just Google your competition. Find out what's worked for them. Use a, There's tools like What Runs Where. You can see where they're advertising. Use those. So I want to leave you. I need you to answer this one important thing. Leave me a comment. Answer this question. What's the biggest potential threat to your business and what's your plan now before it happens? What's the biggest threat to your business? Is it losing a key employee? Is it a competitor coming in and steal your clients? Is it the economy going down and the market for your products not being there anymore? And what's your solution right now? Like the military, Air Force, prepare for it before because when that business is going 2,000 miles an hour, you're not going to have time when the day comes, remember, like John Wooden says, prepare for a rainy day. Sun uh, Lao Tzu, do what is difficult when it is easy. All right, leave me that answer. What's the biggest threat to your business and what's your solution? Hope you've liked this mentor tip. Talk to you soon.